the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I got to tell you what, Tidy, if I were back in the military, I would say as a talk show host that I have a target-rich environment. (laughs) It is amazing what this president has done. It is incredible, and we're going to touch the surface of it. There's a lot to talk about here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the uh, Ministry of, of Freedom from 1984, known as the you know misinformation board that the uh, federal government thought that they would start. Now they've lost their uh, they've lost Mary Poppins, so they can't do it the way they want to do it. And we're going to talk about that. We got a guest that wants to uh, chime in on this. We're going to talk about high gas prices. Let me just give you a headline that we'll be talking about at 6:35. Six dollar gallon gas by the end of August. Six dollars a gallon. And many stations are setting their pumps now to be able to display double digits, which means somewhere along the line, they expect to see ten dollar a gallon gas. This I, look, we can go all the way back to when uh, Obama was president. Remember when he said he started talking about the Green New Deal and what we needed to do, and our electric bills would have to go up because we're going to cut back on coal and all that, and we were just going to have to put up with a little bit of pain. I think this goes beyond a little bit of pain. As an American consumer, you're going to pay around five thousand dollars a year. This year for gasoline to get to and from work and maybe to take a one-week vacation or whatever. It's incredibly hostile right now with, this, with, with the government. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's get, let's get started. Let's talk. Let's talk with Joseph Vesquez. He's the assistant editor. Free Speech, America, and Business. Hello, Joseph. How are you? Thanks for joining us. So Mary Poppins is gone. Is that right? <laughs> yes, Mary uh, Mary Poppins of uh, disinformation has exited the building. <laughs> yeah, not hey, I didn't call her that. She called herself that. That's right. She did. She did on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, uh, unbelievable. This, this is crazy. What what got into the minds first? I guess it was DHS. So you know, it's Mallorca that they needed this disinformation board uh, in the first place. Was this something that they ran out to see if the, so that the, the administration could see if they wanted to run something bigger than this out later on? 
Well, we do know that the Department of Homeland Security released um, a bulletin that identified this information as, as probably, uh, you know, as a terrorist threat, you know, so to speak. So then the Disinformation Governance Board seemed to be just par for the course, but it seemed to all take place after Elon Musk's bid to take over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And as soon as as the media and and people on the left, they realized that they were losing their Silicon Valley, now it just seemed like, okay, well, let's just nationalize this disinformation governance board apparatus at the federal level. So it was literally just a fulfillment of what George Orwell had prophesied what would happen. I mean, it, it, it started in it, with, with Silicon Valley, and now it made its way into the federal government. They want to control the narrative, you know, whether it be the media, which is supporting it, or whether it be government in and of itself. This is what we're dealing with. So do you think that they actually have people sitting around and, and, and looking at news? I'm just, this is facetious, I guess, but I don't know how facetious it is. They're sitting around and they're reading reports and they take out the part that they don't like and they drop it down a tube and they vaporize it. Do you think that kind of thinking is going on? Well, when it comes to when it comes to like how the media is portrayed, let alone uh, Jankowitz, I remember like um, there was a there was a panel that she had done uh, some time ago, where she talked about where she touted the thinking of Joan Donovan, who's a who's a university professor a professor at Harvard University Shorenstein Center, and it talked about the theory that Jankowitz brought out was the idea of there being librarians of the internet, you know, so to speak. That's the um, Ministry can, of Truth. I swear exactly. to God, that's the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when you, what's, what's amazing, if you just look at what George Orwell had written in his book, 1984, there's just one quote there that pretty much sums up everything that we're seeing in today's politics. George Orwell wrote, quote, the revolution will be complete when the language is perfect. Uh-huh. So, when, so when it comes to the left, when it comes to the media, they want to completely control the narrative and silence anybody that disagrees with the mainstream narrative. Because the thing is, if you have people who think for themselves, then you have an independent and free people. And the left doesn't want that. It's incredible. Joseph Vesquez is our guest. He's the uh, assistant editor, Free Speech, America, and Business. You all have a, uh, a website, don't you, Joseph? Yes, we do. It's called newsbusters.org. And I would also recommend that everyone visit our second website called Track. That's censortrack.org. We are logging every single incident of conservatives and people getting censored by big tech. And currently we have well over 3,700 cases of documented incidents of people getting censored. So newsbusters.org, check out our latest stories, and censortrack.org if you want the latest news and updates on big tech censorship. Well, let's go back to Nankowitz. I mean, this is a lady that had been... Uh, picked to be the head of this misinformation board by uh, Mayorkas, and now he's saying, well, I didn't know all that stuff that she was saying on the Internet even existed. Well, what kind of vetting did you do, you idiot? But the bottom line is is that, uh, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have seen all that stuff. And she's sitting there, and let's just talk about misinformation. She refused to do the Hunter Biden story. She said that was misinformation. She said that the Russia collusion story was true, that it wasn't false. And then we got the real information coming out now that everything that was being said about uh, the former president was false and that it was being uh, perpetrated by his, you know, uh, challenger, Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's just two examples 
you know, the, these people make up their mind what the truth is before they know what's truth and what's fiction. Well, absolutely. And it actually goes even a step further than um, the co-chair of this disinformation governance board. Her name was Jennifer Daskell. According to our research, what we discovered, not only did she recently work for George Soros, a liberal billionaire who's heavily invested in, in left-wing politics, we found out that she worked for his Open Society Institute as a research fellow. She also donated money to President Joe Biden. So you installed your own donor, Jennifer Daskell, as the co-chair of the Disinformation Governance Board, aside from Jenkins. They were just looking to, uh, you know, so the media and government were just looking to institute people that catered to the left-wing narrative and that, and that had ties to Soros and also to uh, Joe Biden as well. So this, so this is exactly the ministry of truth that all are warned about. Yeah. And this is why the American people have to be awake. They have to understand that the government's not going to give up. Just because the Disinformation Governance Board was disbanded, does not mean that the government isn't going to try again. They're going to do this again, and we have to be ready for it. Yeah, and we've got to be ready for it as parents because our kids that we send to college are being taught uh, this stuff and being told that free speech isn't really necessary, and they come back like little brown uh, shirts, and you end up like that kid in uh, 1984 turning in her parents. Well, exactly, well, that's exactly right. You know, the left does not like freedom of speech, especially with what we're experiencing now. They're just focused on making sure that no one holds them to account and provides a counter-narrative to what they say is the truth. So once you establish this Orwellian apparatus, what ends up happening is that any kind of debate, any kind of discussion over these topics, that's all vanquished. You only have what the media and the government narrative is, is, is pushing and there's absolutely no way that you'll be able to to counter it with any kind of countervailing facts or whatsoever. All right. When we come back, because you got to get a break in here, uh, Joseph. When we come back, I want to talk about Elon Musk, uh, the darling of the left for an instant, and now the pariah for the left. And they're attacking him because yesterday Musk tweeted, and I, I got him on my Twitter account, and I can read what he's posting he said he's going to vote republican that sent the left into a feeding frenzy let's talk about that when we come back and we're going to talk more about the government wanting to control your access to real information that's all coming up here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about uh, pat davis he wants to save you money as far as uh, health insurance goes you know, 30 to 50 percent, that's what he wants to send you. It doesn't save you. He doesn't matter what you come to him with. You know, it doesn't matter who your provider is. By doing a few things, he can reduce the cost of your health insurance when you use it. All right. Right now, some of you don't even get to use your health insurance because you buy it for five, six hundred dollars a month. And then you got a deductible that the uh, insurance doesn't even kick in and start uh, paying you. And paying uh, your providers and stuff until you've got like eight, nine, ten thousand dollars spent. That's a lot of money out of your pocket before your insurance even kicks in and starts working. So talk to somebody that can get your insurance to do what it's supposed to do. Pay some of the bills. Get a check once in a while back from the hospital instead of sending one to the hospital or the insurance company all the time. Talk to Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, or visit him, Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, Your Health Plan Man. 
Com. All right, back with you. Joseph Vasquez is our guest. He is the assistant editor, Free Speech America and Business, better known as Newsmax. Maybe a lot of you already have their app and uh, go to it on a daily basis and check it out. I do One American News and some others as well. I check a lot of people out besides just Fox and uh CNN, CNN, I very seldom go to any longer. They, they really are the Bureau of Misinformation. But anyway, let's let's get back to talking here. We got Elon Musk who came out yesterday and tweeted, and I was on Twitter when it popped up, and he said that he was going to vote Republican from now on uh, when it came to uh, elections. And I got to tell you what, uh, Joseph, it wasn't but a millisecond that thousands of uh, other people started chiming in from the left and called him every name under the book. And when Elon made this statement that, hey, I'm going to vote Republican, he said, I'm ready for the blowback. You think he's ready, really, for all the blowback he's going to get? Do you think that he understands what's coming his way? Well, when it comes to someone like Elon Musk, I mean, you have the richest man in the world. I mean, if anyone would, would be able to absorb the backlash, it would be it would be Elon Musk. But but I think, you know, when it comes to just how the media have just, you know, treated the right just on a generic basis, I mean, you know, you're going to drive, you know, the, Elon Musk had put out a graphic about some time ago that illustrated just how far the left has gone. I mean, typically you would have the, 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 the moderate liberals in the center and then all of a sudden, you have the leftists that went so far left that you abandoned, uh, you abandoned the center left, you know, behind. And then they start calling all oh, you right wingers, you know. So, so you leave people like Elon Musk, who, you know, no one can really tell what his politics are, other than this blatantly political tweet that he put out. But it just goes to show where the left has gone, and where the media has continuously attacked the right, uh, continuously to, to to put smear campaigns against them. I mean, look at what they just did with the with the with the Buffalo massacre. I mean, they try yeah. to immediately pin it as, as, oh, it's Fox News' fault. Oh, it's Tucker Carlson's fault. This is what we're dealing with on the left. Yeah, they might want to so, sit down and read the guy's manifesto because he said he hates conservatives. He doesn't watch. I mean, he went through the whole litany of things that he doesn't get involved with, and all of it was conservatism. Well, that's the point. I mean, you know, the media's not concerned about, you know, about, the, about the truth. They're not concerned about the facts. I mean, they, they just want to spin any narrative. They want to politicize any kind of horrible situation that happens in this country, Buffalo, the, the Buffalo Massacre being one of them, and then spin it as somehow the fault of the conservatives or the right. You know, so, so Elon Musk is seeing this, is seeing the silencing of free speech online, Seeing, you know, how far the left has gone and then said, okay, well, you know, I have to make a decision here. What am I going to do? You you know, so this is what we're dealing with. And, you know, I think other other businessmen uh, who think like Elon Musk are probably going to think the same way. The left has gone completely far. It's completely insane. Just how just what we're dealing with. now. Okay, so we've got Mary Poppins gone. And uh, we've got the Ministry of Misinformation on hold. Do you think that it just disappears now completely or do they rename it as the left always does because they're all about semantics as you said uh, in 1984 it talks about controlling the language and that's what we see them doing all the time uh, are they going to keep well, doing it i mean they've been doing it anyway how many pr pr people they got in the federal government already <laughs> well 
to, to be honest, I don't believe that this that it's going to end with the DGP. I mean, I, I um, if you actually think about there's a there's a website ratings firm called NewsGuard, which is left wing. We had done uh, Newsbusters has done analysis of NewsGuard ratings, and what they do is they rate all the individual news agencies based on what they deem to be credibility and what they deem to be uh, transparency. So what ends up happening is that the Pentagon ended up issuing a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract to this leftist website ratings firm to for its misinformation fingerprints project so the pentagon is involved in this as well Good apart God. from the department of homeland security they're not going to stop they want this apparatus to be established at the federal level and the left wants to control it so no they're not going to give it up well as we're seeing right now with the primaries going on uh, Republicans seem to be highly energized to go to the polls. It's about a, about 61 percent Republicans going to the polls right now uh, overall. And if that continues uh, through the uh, election coming up in November, it spells a very, very dim, dim future uh, for the Democrats and holding on to the House and the Senate. Can the Republicans truly stop what's going on? even if they get the House and the Senate? Or is this so ingrained now within the federal government that uh, Lord knows how we're going to stop it? Well, look at the way the media has defended, you know, Biden on almost every single um, economic policy disaster or whether it be foreign policy. I mean, it's absolutely absurd just how far the media has gone to defend um, this administration defended the government when it comes to gas prices. I mean, people are suffering. People are suffering at the at the pump. The people are suffering with the with the shortage of baby formula. And what has the media done? They've spun it every which way as uh, as somehow either a positive or somehow it it doesn't involve the responsibility of the president. So the people see this. The the base sees this. The conservative sees this. The Republican. Um, based, uh, Democrat based, it, they all see this. Every single American sees this because it directly affects them. So the media is going to continue to hammer this point going forward, protecting the left all the way up to the elections. And that's why we have newsbusters, because then we're going to be monitoring uh, how the media is going to be doing this. And we're going to be we're going to be making sure that they're held to account. Well, you keep doing what you do. You do a good job of it. We appreciate you giving us the time today here on the uh, the show. I heard that uh, Mary is going back to private uh, work again, and that's the place that she should stay at. Uh, in fact, I don't. If I had an organization, I doubt if I'd hire her because she uh, she believes whatever. Her bosses tell her to publish. Uh, Joseph Vicez is my guest, and uh, he's assistant editor, Free Speech, America, and Business. And I guess Newsmax.com would be your website, correct? Uh, it's Newsbusters, Newsbusters.org Newsbuster. is, is our website. And uh, also Censortrack.org as well if you want the latest on big tech censorship. Okay. I, I Man, I totally apologize because I know you're not Newsmax. Newsbusters. Uh, Dr. Don, thanks so much. I appreciate you, Joe. Let's do this again soon, all right? Absolutely, Dave. You have a wonderful day. Okay, bye-bye now. All right, so. Bye-bye. That's good uh, having Joseph on. I just want you to hear him because, you know, I tell you, for me, it's like being dad. I mean, I, I've raised seven kids. I've got 13 grandkids, and I, I raise, I'm helping to raise them as well. And, uh, you know, your kids, you tell them something, and it's the 
it's a God, you know, honest truth. And they'll look at you and say, sure, Dad. Uh-huh. And then their best friend or the dad of their best friend or whatever tells them the exact same thing that you've told them. And all of a sudden, the light goes on. And they go, wow, man, I wish I'd known that. <laughs> just, just know you're going to run into that. But anyway, it, it, it is a legitimate uh, thing that happens but that's why i like to have special guests on all right when we come back i'm going to bring you up to date on a lot of the different stories that are out there we're going to talk gas prices we're going to talk baby formula and then i'm going to tell you all about birthing persons the federal government now doesn't say a pregnant woman or a mother they call them birthing persons now and uh, we'll talk about that that's orwellian in of and of itself but we'll talk about it when we come back on the dave ellswick show but we got some news that we got to catch up on let's do that see if anything uh, else has happened like i said as a former military person this is a target rich environment that i find myself in all right so has this happened to you You answer your phone, and it's a telemarketer, and, you know, you're used to telemarketers. You know, they're talking to you about, you know, uh, car insurance as far as, you know, being able to fix your car and it not cost you anything and things of that nature. But now you start getting calls from telemarketers that are saying, hey, we're going to be in your area and for free, we'll get up on your roof and look at it. And we know you've had some really bad weather. And we'll take a look at your roof and see if it's in still good repair. Don't buy into it. I'm telling you right now. Number one, you don't know where they're calling from. Number two, you don't know where the business is located at. It may be a business from another state that's here in, in Arkansas and uh, making some bank off of uh, the citizens of our state, and then they leave. And then what do you do if there's something wrong with the work that's been done? Well, you're simply out of luck. That's the way it, uh, it works at that point. So deal with somebody who's been known for great work, who's been known for being here for a long, long time, and uh, who you know, test their people before they even put them on your roof. And that's PI Roofing. You call them. This is the only group that I use. They've done two roofs on my house that I've owned for almost 20 years. And uh, I had to put one in uh, at the very beginning. Uh, And then we had a uh, hailstorm late last year. And I had to have some work done on the roof because of that. And uh, they've done a fantastic job every time. And then we had some problems with DirecTV leaving holes open and things of that nature, and they took care of those as well. They're the only company who has ever walked on my roof and has ever done any work on my roof. And I, you know, I love talking about it. It's PI Roofing, Joel Johnson, Veronica Johnson. They're the owners, good people, honest people, take good care of you. Call them 501 707 3551. 501-707-3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, so there you go. I'm just telling you, they're they're good. They're really, really, really good. All right, so let's get to some of the other things that are going on that we need to talk about. It was nice having Joseph Vicas. He did a nice job of talking about, you know, freedom of speech and, and – uh, being part of newsbusters and 
and the censorship uh, website and all of that. I highly recommend you keep in tr- uh, keep in, in touch with that because look, you gotta you gotta be in touch with what the truth is. And what Newsbusters does when you look at their stories, they'll tell you here's what they're reporting, here's the truth, here's what happened, and you can make up your own mind. Then, I mean, you get both sides of the story at that point. All right, J.P. Morgan today made a huge pronouncement early, early this morning, came out, and uh, they said that they believe by the uh, end of August, and said, in fact, they said middle to end of August, the price of gasoline will be $6 a gallon. $6 a gallon. Now, I'm going to just do a little fast math with you. Right now, it takes me almost $60 when I fill up my, when I fill up my car. And they're saying that's a 15, well, it's a little bit more than a 15-gallon tank, but usually I'm filling up and it's about 15 gallons. So that's another $30 every time I fill up. That's $60 a week. That's $240 a month. Multiply it out, folks. Take it up to 12 months and how much. And they're already saying at the price that we're paying right now, we're paying an additional $5,000 a year. Now I'm going to be paying over $7,000 a year just for gas to get to work, to get to the kids to school, to go to the grocery store, to go to church. You know, and maybe, maybe I'll have enough money that I can run out and uh, go to dinner once in a blue moon. And that's what it's going to end up being now because you keep sucking away all my disposable income because I've got to put it in the gas tank. You know, this is going to percolate right through the economy. Restaurants are going to see you know things drop off. I mean, it's going to it's going to drop off even in fast food places because fast food is not cheap anymore. One of the great things about fast food when it first came on, it was cheap. Not anymore. Not anymore. You got a family of four. You go to the, you go to McDonald's. You pay you know twenty five thirty dollars. There. That used to be if you took your family out to a sit-down restaurant. That's not the way it is anymore. Inflation has a has a, a death grip on this nation now because of this administration. Uh, high gas prices because of what the administration is doing on the oil and gas companies uh, has got a death grip on this nation. We're flooding our nation with illegal immigrants. They get rid of this Title 42. They're saying anywhere from 4 to 6 million illegals a year. Let me remind you, if it's 6 million, that's two Arkansas a year coming to the United States undocumented. All right? Undocumented. That's not good. It's got to be stopped. It is absolutely has to be stopped. You got a baby formula problem going. You know, that was caused by this administration, too. Everybody says, no, Dave, that was Abbott. You know, Abbott wasn't uh, being safe. Well, number one, we haven't seen any kind of uh, report from the FDA saying what Abbott did or did not do was the cause of the two children that, uh, that died from using uh, their baby formula. And uh, I know people don't like to hear about it this way, but two babies out of how much baby formula? Just ask it. 
Do we have any modalities and things of that nature we need to be looking at for these uh, some of these children, uh, two children that passed away? We haven't we haven't heard any of that yet. All we've heard is a finger from this administration pointing at Abbott. Let me remind you that that investigation began in November of last year. The FDA did not have a person at the head uh, steering that ship until February of this year. Took them that long to get somebody in there for the FDA. Shouldn't have taken them that long at all. Absolutely not. But it did. And nobody wants to look at that. That's what Joseph was talking about, how the, the media covers for this president. So you got that all going on with the baby formula. And, and what, are they, what are they spending their time on? Are they spending their time on having meetings about uh, you know, the, chain, the, the, the food chain that out there and, and uh, the, the chain that's getting uh, parts to the car manufacturer things? No, no, no. They, they had a two-day session on UFOs. UFOs. You know, last I looked, uh, UFOs was, were not attacking our country. UFOs are just exactly what they've always been. Uh, highly suspicious of uh, if they're real or they're not. You know, I mean, seriously. You get a lot of this stuff and it's not anything at all. Uh, it, it may be something that the government is working on or whatever. But two days to spend on that? No, let's let's just leave that alone. How about we we figure out about how we're going to get the necessary baby formula on the shelves for, for the mothers who need it for their children? Could we do that? Okay. Anyway, let's go over some other couple of things that I've been uh, watching. I've been seeing stories, and so I'm adding the dots in here. Uh, reported that uh, some gas stations now are beginning to set their pumps for double digits. What do I mean by that? That means that when you go to the gas station and gas is, you know, it shows the, little, the thing on the pump says it's now $4 and uh, and uh, 9 cents or whatever. Or maybe it's $3.95. Well, that's all they can do is they got to do the, the dollar thing and it's got to be a single digit. It can't be 10. They got to change uh, the ability to show what the amount is for double digits. They're beginning to do that on the pumps at gas stations. That is a fair warning. I'm just telling you, that's a fair warning that uh, things are going to go from bad to worse. Just keep that in mind. Can you imagine if gas ever gets up to $10 a gallon? You know what that's going to do to the, you know, we're always talking about how we want to help the poor and spend a trillion dollars a year, um, you know, over year, over year, over year since 1964. And uh, we haven't got rid of the poor yet. We haven't pulled them out of, of poverty. We just keep moving the line of where poverty is. And we kept pouring money into those programs. But it's a trillion dollars a year is what the federal government uh you know, feeds into that program, how much more money are they going to have to feed into it? How much more money can they afford to feed into those programs? 
I'm just telling you. Yeah, you need to be you need to be watching all of this. It's 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 going to get really, really, really ugly. And then last but not least, I didn't think I'd ever see this happen again. But ever since I went through it in Carter time, you know, during Carter time, and many of you who were alive during that time remember this uh, with the gas embargo and all of that went on, and that happened because of the uh, you know Saudi Arabia and others pulled down their production and when they pulled down their production suddenly and jimmy carter capped off american wells who sounds awful familiar to me uh except this time russia pulls back their production and uh you know our president caps wells but uh bottom line is filling stations ran out of gas i can remember driving down the road heading over to get gas uh, for my car and signs you know, sandwich board sitting out by the main thoroughfare saying out of gas or be sitting in line because at that time, uh, you know, if you had an even numbered uh, ending uh, uh, license plate, uh, you went on certain days to fill up. And if you had an odd number on your license plate, you went on another day and be sitting in line and you've been waiting for 40 minutes to get to the pump and you get up there pretty close and then they put the sign out saying out of gas. So now you got to go find another place where gas is at. You who've had it really, really, really easy. I mean, we've gotten fat, dumb, and happy in this country. When we get to that point again, you know, I was I was talking to somebody about this, and he said, you know, at one time the people of America were hard, and when they were hard, they've tried to make it easy on their kids. Well, it got easy for their kids, and their kids got easier for their kids, and then things got bad. And when things got bad, the people that were easy had to get hard. And then they started to cycle all over again. Let's get a break in. We got more to come your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, again, my good friends at PI Roofing. But don't forget about David Lucas either. He's going to save you a lot of heartache or, or try to. Let's just put it that way. He's trying. I mean, if you've been watching the stock market, if a lot of your uh, retirement is there, who boy. Not a fun ride over the last 1,100 points yesterday. Gone. Vamos. Not there any longer. I'm just telling you, not good at all on the stock market right now. And when I left this morning, it was down 346 points already. And it's why millions of Americans now are investing in silver and gold to try to protect their nest eggs because of uh, the inflation's wreaking havoc on our our businesses and, and on the stock market. And uh, David Lucas Financial here in North Little Rock uh, wants you to know don't let 1970s-style inflation destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, the IRA 401ks, by calling 501-222-3315. It's serious again, folks. Hard times are just are knocking at the door. As the old saying used to the wolf is howling at the door. That's the way my dad used to put it. Uh, we work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in country. And uh, David Lucas wants you to know that you'll get direct prices from that dealer 
so that you can trust them. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, so let's uh, finish on one of those topics that I talk about. That, in the long run, doesn't really mean a hill of beans to me, okay? But we've got to talk about it. Like I said, you got this baby formula shortage. you got gas stations running out of gas. you got all kinds of stuff going on in our country. And what's the Congress doing? What, what are the Democrats doing over in the House? They're having meetings about UFOs. Yeah, that's really, really important, isn't it? But that's what they're doing. Okay, so let's go back and and let's talk a little bit about some other things. Federal government elective leaders have ushered in inclusive language such as birthing persons as uh, opposed to pregnant women or mother. Uh, But there is no data that shows how many individuals who identify as transgender give birth in the United States on a yearly basis. Now I'm going to stop right there because I want let's let's have just a little bit of common sense. A little bit of common sense because you got the left and they'll say that yeah, a, a woman a, a man who's really a woman can uh, you know give birth and that's right, but they can only give birth because they're a woman. Not because they're a man or they think they're a man. It's because they have the proper plumbing to get pregnant and to have babies. There's not a real man that is walking around today that has a swollen belly and is carrying a baby. It's just not happening. It is fiction. It's, it's ridiculous. It would be comical if it wasn't being taken so serious. I mean, I don't know who it was. It's one of the con- not condom makers, but one of the uh, uh, feminine napkins makers that now is pressing uh, institutions to put uh, uh, feminine products. And I, I, I don't know what they call them now. I don't know if they call them feminine products now or not. But they want to put them in men's restrooms because men can menstruate. No, they can't. It's that simple. Quit with the idiocy. Please. Please. Let's, let's, let's just call talk common sense. And we give it validity. We've got government officials that say, well, we'll call them birthing persons. No, it's still women giving birth who say they identify as a man. They are not physically a man. Period. I had to bring that up because it was there. Baby formula. Let's let's look at that one more time. Just a, a short, short point. Do you think somebody in the government, before they closed down that Abbott place, thought to themselves, evidently they didn't, but you'd think they would, that the plant that we're about ready to shut down makes 43% of the baby formula for the United States. Now I it I'm not I'm not some person who graduated from an Ivy Tower, you know, uh, kind of university. I'm not Harvard or Yale educated nor Stanford or any of those others. Not even Rice, okay? 
I went to Moorhead State University in Moorhead, Kentucky. That's where I went to college at. And I'm sure that's not on the, the USA Today or whomever does that list on uh, great universities in the United States. But I do know that they were smart enough to know that if you take 43% of something uh, out of uh, the market, that you're going to have a shortage, that it's going to happen, that there will be a shortage. And that's where we're at right now. And uh, this president now says, I, I understand. Look, I was a father and I'm a grandfather and I understand your pain. No, he doesn't. And he don't care. I'm just telling you, he don't give a damn. If he did, he'd do something really about it. And they haven't done squat. It's that simple. Supply chains are still screwed up. How long is that going to say? Oh, for excuse me, the guy that's in charge, he's on maternity leave for the first, what, four months at a time that he takes over it. Yeah, I'm pissed. And that's why everybody should be pissed. Not just because of me, but because what's happening. Can you not believe your own eyes and what you're seeing? I need to do a parody song. I don't trust my lion eyes. Figure out something to do. It's Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back. Joe's here. We're ready to talk, and we're going to talk to Paul Blue Keller as well. He wants to be sheriff of Pulaski County. All right, Joe is in the studio right now. He has uh, come in. Of course, we do uh, cars, and we'll do a car question or two today. Uh, and we'll take car questions at 501-823-0965. Just give us a call for that, and uh, we'll be happy to answer your question. I have one that I've been saving that i got to ask you about. Okay. Somebody wrote to me, All right. so i, I got to go into my phone. 
this is a dangerous thing for me. All right, I got to go into my phone and find that question. So I, I will look for it and try to get it for us, and uh, ask it. I promised him I'd ask it during during the Thursday show. But we've also got Paul Blue Keller in with us. It's really Paul Keller. He goes by Blue, okay, and he's running for Pulaski Sheriff. We're going to talk to him uh, during this hour uh, as well. And uh, good to have you with us here, Paul. Again, thanks for coming in. And let me just start off by asking how you know how's the race going? I mean, we're getting close to election day. Tuesday is the day where everybody will go to the polls. Although we've all, I'm sure now we've passed the hundred thousand mark, uh, ninety two thousand and change as of yesterday had had voted. So uh, a good turnout thus far. Well, we're um, we're very thankful. Uh, you know, it's been been some really good weather here, allowing people to get out, uh, allowing our campaign team to get out and interact with people. We've had a lot of good feedback. Uh, you know, um, we meet, we talk, and then things change, and we have to hit, shift, and rotate. But we've put out about, oh, 750 uh, yard signs. Oh, uh, good. That, and all of those are have been requested. And if it's, if they hadn't been requested, we don't we don't stick them up. And um, so people have really been working hard. People have responded very well to our our media. Uh, we've got some good suggestions. A lot of volunteers that we didn't have to start with. So we we feel that we're pretty much where we need to be with basically four days left. And if this weather will just continue to hold, uh, I'll see people out there. We'll be out starting tomorrow afternoon waving waving signs and answering any questions that they have before they walk into a, a polling site. Well, you may not want to be out there on Saturday. They're calling for some heavy rain on Saturday. So know that that's coming, maybe a little light rain early Sunday. Then it's going to clear out again. So Be good for Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. It's going to be a nice day for Tuesday and Election Tuesday. Day. Get everybody out there and get them, get them voting because now it becomes turnout. Getting the people that do support you to turn out and, uh, you know, either punch the screen or pull the lever, whichever they're going to be doing. I guess it's punch the screen basically everywhere in the state of Arkansas. How do you have have you got that all set up too, as far as getting people to the polls, Paul? Well, you know what we've done is is we asked people. Uh, we told them from from day one we realized that probably the best uh, advertisement that you can get is word of mouth. People are constantly asking family and friends, who should we vote for and why? And so we've asked people to uh, commit to calling 10 friends or family and getting them to call 10 friends or family. But while they're talking about, you know, the the moral support, um, to get them to commit to going to vote. And we've really pushed hard uh, to get them to go and vote early just in case that good weather isn't there on polling day, sure. on, on uh, primary day. Yeah, keep it in mind. Just just keep all of this in mind. Okay, what as you've gone out and you've talked to people and uh, you know conversed and you've I'm sure asked them. So, what do you think of the state of of um, you know the the police here in Pulaski County? What is the biggest problem that they're talking to you about? Well. You know, you've got the police, and then you've got the deputies. So, you know, whether you're talking about uh, the municipal forces or whether you're talking about the county force. And 
both have similar problems. Everybody is is down manpower-wise. Um, a lot of people are not wanting to come in uh, to the service because it just doesn't seem to be the faith, the trust, the confidence. Yeah, I mean, why would somebody want to be a police officer the way they're being treated right now? Exactly, exactly. So <clears throat> believe it or not, I contend that there are a lot of people out there that will come back, that will come in, but they've got to see a change. They've got to see that when they put somebody in jail that they don't turn around and that person beats them out the door. They've got to know that they're going to be backed up, both physically, uh, by other officers if they need to be, by their chain of command on the decisions that they make. One of the things that we're stressing that we intend to do, go back through all the policies at the at the county and be sure that they say what we want them to say, that they establish a task, a condition, and a standard by which we will be responsible for performing when we have any type of a situation right. to the extent that you can cover all of the potentials. And as long as they're not doing something illegal, immoral, or unsafe, those decisions will be backed up by the chain of command. People will respond to that. Good officers will stay on the job. Money is important, but money is not the most important thing. And so when they're out there and they're doing their job, they're doing it for the person to the right. They're doing it for the person to the left of them. Believe it or not, there used to be 75 reserve deputies in the Pulaski County Sheriff's Office. Reserve deputies are trained, but they pay their own way. I think when I was first a reserve, uh, the only thing that the county gave me was the the rounds, my basic load of ammunition for my, my, uh, my sidearm, and a can of pepper spray. Everything else I had to pay for. That's the way it is now. But you had 75 people, men and women, that were dedicated to come out there and ride if that was the requirement or to do fingerprinting, uh, you know, go to schools, uh, work on the, uh, the different bicycle races and things around the county. And it didn't cost anything. They were willing to do it. They were willing to get out there and and perform the service for the people that they work with and the county that they work for. Now, I don't see a lot of cooperation between the county and the cities. I don't see uh, task forces like participation in task forces like we, we used to see. Uh, you get... You, you, Dissolve your narcotics division. You pull your liaisons. You have no working memorandum with the, the the cities on how we can better share information, how we can better aggressively go out and confront the, the, the criminal elements. And I think those things are critical, and they, they have to be brought back on the table, and we have got to jointly come together because there's no one element within the county that can solve the problem by themselves.
All right. We've got to get a break in. Let's do that, and then we'll come back and talk some more uh, with uh, Paul Keller here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Joe will handle car questions. I'm still looking for that question. I will find it. Okay. So that we can... <laughs> so that we can answer the man's question that he had uh that he he sent me a i think it was monday he sent me the question i said all right you want to answer it you want me to answer it on thursday or on saturday and he said thursday would be great so we're gonna i'm gonna get it this today we'll get it this hour i promise okay we'll we'll do that for you don't forget about east end towing uh they will help you out if you need them uh, no matter the situation, they're ready to handle it for you at East End Towing. They know how to do it. I mean, I've mentioned this to you several times, but they're part of the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They are licensed and insured, uh, and every one of their trucks are permitted. I think they have the largest amount of trucks uh, for a tow company out on the road here, at least in central Arkansas. They really have things taken care of for you here uh, in central Arkansas. So if you have something happen to you, if it's just to your car and you break down or it's your car and all of a sudden uh, two tires go out on your trailer and you're pulling your boat, probably need some help with that. They'll come out and help you out and take care of that for you. They also want to remind you, if you see those yellow lights flashing, move away from them into the farthest lane so the people that are out there doing their job on the side of the road in a very dangerous situation uh, don't have to worry about you call them at 501-888-8849 it's 501-888-8849 that's east end towing back with you i found a question heidi be proud of me i found the question uh because usually this doesn't work out this good. Anyway, this is a question that came to me Monday. I told the gentleman that we would answer it on Thursday. He's got a uh, 2014 Ram 1500 4x4 with 5.7 liter engine, 98,000 miles. He says, only in the afternoons I get fluctuating RPMs around 65 miles per hour, and it bounces about 500 RPM like it's going in and out of overdrive. What could be the issue? I have no warning lights on the dash. Well, Dave, there could be several things going on there. It could be a torque converter clutch engagement because at that speed, at that RPM under light throttle, the converter is supposed to lock in and stay locked in until you touch the throttle. It could be a transmission issue. And he kind of asks, would a transmission service fix that? Yeah, that's what he said. He's well, the last thing he could... Getting the trans serviced fix this. Well, it's got 98,000 miles on it, and if he's never had it serviced, it's overdue. Yeah. So it's a possibility that that might help his situation. If it's, you you need it, you know, if, if you have a surgeon problem, you hook a scanner up on the car and you go drive it, you can look at all of the shift points in the transmission. You can see what it's doing. If it's causing the surge or if it's an engine RPM, something to do with the throttle body. A lot of times a dirty throttle body, a light RPM can cause it to surge a little bit, okay? So there's some maintenance items there, and it's 100K. It's due for a tune-up anyway. It's at 98,000, so 100K is required maintenance. So there's two or three things to look at there now. Without seeing the truck, I can't answer well, which sure. one it is, but those are his options in my opinion. Okay, so that, the bottom line is when you hook that computer up to it, it shows you a whole lot of information, oh, and yeah. you'll know whether it's an engine-related 
problem or a transmission problem. See, his description was very good because I can take that information with a scanner and go out and duplicate his complaint at that speed at that RPM. Yeah, because you can hook up the uh, computer and carry it with you while you're driving. That's right. We'll take two texts, one to drive and one to read the scanner. All right. That's the way that worked. There you go. Call Joe's Garage, set up an appointment, let him take a look. And I know you're covered up just like everybody else. Uh, What's the number you should call to talk to Stephanie? 501-753-4685, and she'll set you up. But don't be surprised if it's a four- or five-day wait period. There's more cars on Joe's Garage a lot right now than I think it's ever had. Buses, box trucks, it goes on. Very busy day. I got Well, I got a kick out of... The folks that work back in the garage just ordering the parts and stuff say they walk in some days and they say they see like 36 cars sitting out front ready to be serviced Mm -hmm. (laughs) very much joe's not complaining okay no i'm not he's not complaining just customers are because we can't get them fixed fast enough but we're doing all we can do it is what it is as far as that's concerned all right so joe's here if you got a question 501 Eight two three zero nine six five. There you go. I gave it. I gave the phone number really slow for him, Joe. All right. Because they always complain that I talk too fast, and that's because of where I'm from uh, originally in my life. I've never gotten to be a slow talker like some people in the South are, where their words come out like molasses. You know, they're nice and smooth, but they're slow mm-hmm. <laughs> at least to me they're slow all right paul keller is here paul uh since the last time you were, you were on have they fixed things at the jail fixing that jail is going to take a while okay okay <laughs> uh there's there's so many things wrong with the jail you know the, the jail's old uh, when doors are opened hundreds of thousands of times common sense says that the locks are going to wear out there are that many bad people that they deal with, okay? Just keep in mind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so there's lots of things wrong. Uh, procedures are wrong. Manpower's down. Right now, I believe the jail is allocated about 210 deputies. Last count that I had earlier in the week, they were down about 80 deputies. So that makes them 130 out of... 210 for daily operations. Deputies are supposed to work five eight-hour days. Now, on the road, deputies are working 12-hour days. Can't do that in the jail. You know, the the way the jail's laid out, the missions that they have in the jail, it's 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 tough. Eight hours is enough is what eight, you're saying. Yes, sir, I do believe eight hours the high, is enough. Well, there's high pressure, a lot of tension in there. It is. You know, it really is. A deputy out on the road needs to make a pit stop, he makes a pit stop. Deputy in the jail, you know, it's got to have somebody sitting there. They can't just get up, walk away, stop when they when nature calls. Little things like that. A big thing, though, is that every one of them are being required to work a mandatory sixth day. Sixth day. So they're taking away one of their off days and making them work. That's correct. Now, they are paying them overtime. But what that means, and if if my numbers are right here, what that means that in um, a pay period, we're paying 
the county, the taxpayers, are paying somewhere around $20,000 a tax or a, a, a pay period in overtime that they wouldn't need to be paying if the the shifts were full. Okay. So th- therein is, is a problem within itself. So you got deputies that are that are working long hours. They're working overtime. They're tired. Um, you know, statistics show that <clears throat> fatigue is possibly going to cause less attention, more accidents, well, that's less just, performance. Let's go back to my last hour. That's just common sense. I mean, but the people who are doing this are not using common sense. We have got to figure out ways to get more people in the jail. Yeah, more, the t- more tired you get, the more prone you're going to have to make an, make a mistake or make a mistake allows an inmate to take advantage of you. That is correct. That is correct. And as, and as long as we're having to manually lock the doors down, um, you know, that's that's health and safety issue if there's a fire. Uh, it is a officer safety issue if an inmate decides that they want to take a key and go let all their neighbors out. Right. So there's there's problems inside. There's there's problems outside. Uh, the the municipalities are saying that they pick up somebody on a Pulaski County warrant. They call Pulaski County. Say we got your man. They say well bring him to the jail. Well, it's your warrant. You caught him, you clean him, bring him to the jail. They're not happy about that. You know, they may only have three or four people on duty. You take that person off duty, you send them to the jail, it gets over to the jail because of personnel shortages or because the sally port doesn't work or or whatever. He's sitting and waiting. He's sitting and waiting. And they don't have a person in that district in, in the cities. Right. So they're sitting there. If they need to take the person down to the to the hospital, they have to take them to the hospital. They may be sitting there three or four more hours. I've had chiefs tell me that not only do I lose the officer, but if it hits at a shift change, now I've got to pay overtime for that officer for your warrants. I intend to make sure that our transportation section works 24-7, you know. We may have to say, meet me at the county line, or we may have to say, you know, meet me at the the come and go next to the interstate. But we're not going to make you continue to deal with our warrants. Yeah, well, here are problems. You're going to deal. When you take them, you'll take over for them. They're, they can cut loose and go back and do their jobs. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's reasonable. I think that you're exactly right. All right, we'll come back. How do we get those people? That's a question. We'll ask uh, Paul Keller that as well. He's running for Pulaski County Sheriff. Uh, if you have a question for him, uh, 501-823-0965. i get you uh, on the phone and to Heidi. She'll set you up, and we'll get you on the air, and you can talk uh, to Paul about your concerns. So the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget, the uh, election itself proper is on the 24th. That's Tuesday. Early voting is underway right now. Uh, you'll need to call your county clerk to find out exactly where that voting location is. And Cabot, I tell you, it's at the public library. Easy place to find. All right. 
take a break. Bill O'Reilly is going to be up next. We'll find out what he's got on his mind. And then we'll get back here with the Dave Ellswick Show in just a moment. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. you got to call uh, for Joe. All you have to do, ring him up, 501-823-0965. you got a question about your car, he'll handle that. But uh, while we're sitting here waiting uh, for your calls, we'll, we'll keep Paul Keller on. He's running for uh, Pulaski County Sheriff. i got more questions for him. If you got questions for him, same number, 501 823 0965. All right, so I think that during the first half hour, uh, Paul, we've established that you need more people or they, the, the, the facility needs more people for the jail. When we come back here in just a second, I want to talk about that and how you want to rectify that. Before we do that, I need to talk to Joe and talk to him about bumper to bumper and uh, talk a little bit about that. Bumper to bumper. Uh, are you hearing anything from them, uh, Joe, as far as supply chain? Because supply chain is not getting better. In many cases, it's getting worse. Well, we're struggling for some parts, you know. Uh, the rash of catalytic converter thefts have left a lot of people with ordering those converters instead of having them in stock. And that supply chain is just, you know, I think it's a, a pitiful situation because uh, they don't seem to be able to stop people from stealing them. I put the same converters on three buses, Dave, from the same owner. Three times? Church, yeah. Oh, my. They keep stealing the ones we put on there. How, yeah. They need to, what they need to put two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a pop. Put them in the garage and lock them up? They don't have that facility. These are church buses. Okay. They don't have those. Maybe on. you should look around to see if there's somebody that can help you out with that. Well, they make I some. I mean, not you, but, yeah. uh, you know, the church might. Well, they make look. some converter locks now. We've been installing it. works pretty good. But it's about five, six, seven hundred dollars uh, to do one of them yeah on each vehicle so it's it's a tough situation there but you know as far as bumper to bumper goes and we're bumper to bumper certified service centers and uh we're proud to be partnering with them 100 year old company they're doing the best they can to supply us with the best parts at the best price and give us the best service on getting them and uh we haven't had a lot of woes with that luckily i hope it stays that way i think it will there are some places out there they're struggling more than us as far as that goes, but uh, Bumper to Bumper has been keeping us pretty well supplied, Doug. All right. Bumper to Bumper, 24,000 two-year warranty on yep. their parts. That's and labor to put that part in. Keep that in mind if you use their credit card. Three years and 36,000 miles on that warranty. And uh, that's all goes on my car, Bumper to Bumper parts. That's it. Because I take it to Joe's garage, so that's where they do it. Paul Keller's sitting there saying, yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah. well. People, people who know, know. All right, I'm just saying. We go to the place we can get. Joe doesn't work on cars. He fixes cars. There is that, a difference. That's real, yes, that, there is a huge difference in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never had to, well, I won't say never. Well, one time we had to bring my car back after you had worked on it, but it was something else went out uh, almost immediately. But the bottom line, the things that you have fixed, uh has made i mean the car has worked and uh, has worked without flaw it's been great well if you, you fixed it if you if you test and not guess you'll go from working on cars to fixing cars and that's our goal 
And, uh, you know, it's uh, most of the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers in central Arkansas here. They're all part of the Car and Truck Doctors show, a lot of the owners. And uh, and you get to talk to shop owner if you call in on Saturdays. Yeah. You're not talking to All the guys yeah. are owners. That's correct. They're on that show. All independent shop owners. So. Yep. So uh, know that uh, they'll be on this Saturday at 9 o'clock, just like normal. Then we'll take the next Saturday off because it's Memorial Day weekend. Okay, let's get back to Paul Keller. Let's talk to him a little bit more. Okay, so, Paul, you need more people. Yeah, that's what you think needs is one of the number one things for the jail. If you're elected to Pulaski County Sheriff, so what are you going to do to get those people? What, what must you do? to make it that people want to work at the uh, the jail. Well, that's, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. You've got to have people wanting to come do that job. Right now, um, the, the latest statistic that I saw uh, with people coming, going, being trained, hiring on, they were staying like 14 weeks average. And then 14 weeks? 14 weeks. Three months? Holy cow. They're, they're not happy with the administration. They don't feel that they're being supported. They don't feel that their um, needs are being met. They don't think that they are being equitably treated. So what we're looking at doing, number one, is we, we need immediate, uh, an immediate relief. And what we've got is we have a a goodly number of individuals that have left the sheriff's department have contacted us and said the day after you're sworn in you'll get a letter from me asking to be rehired we know that we can fill all of the vacancies on the enforcement side with the number of people that have contacted us all the people that would be out in the cars out in the in the county you can take care of that if you are elected yes sir Yes, sir. I have I have been called. I have been contacted, and the number of people that they're currently down, uh, they just they just brought a a a class online, so they're down now about eight uh-huh. uh, on the road, and we've got more than that that are willing to come ready, back. Ready to come back. Okay. We have a similar situation in the jail, but not to that number. The jail numbers are just <clears throat> much much higher okay so you're you're seeing some of this is of course uh you know what the policies are at the jail and what's going on and enforcing those policies but what about uh you know money i mean do we need to raise the rate that these people are being paid there's always going to be a rate now our jail uh, i left those those numbers at home our jail currently is being paid Pretty much of the surrounding counties where it needs to be paid. Okay. We need to address morale. We need to address the people need to know that you care about them as individuals, not just as employees. We have to take care of their personal needs as well as their uh, professional needs. Okay. Explain, explain to the listeners what you mean by you, you, their personal needs. Okay. They have families. You know, they need time with their families. We need to get rid of that sixth mandatory day of, of operation. We need to do something about the insurance. 
the the county insurance and i'll tell you right now i'm not sure where to start on that because that's countywide but we've got to do something where people can get their spouses on their policies at a reasonable rate that's quorum court stuff yes sir all right okay and and, and the quorum court cares I, i've been talking to members of the quorum court and they are concerned about raising uh raising employee pay to the extent that they can okay in the military we had a you know we had a couple of different levels that you could get promoted at you could make money and you know talk about time and grade time and service so we need some of these steps built in so that the officers can see and know and plan for what they're going to be able to do or not do in the near future we need to get new people and what, a couple of the areas that we're looking at that I think is extremely important, uh, you know, we've got a, a, a substantial Hispanic uh, population here in the county. We don't have what I would call um, a parallel presence in the jail. You need more Hispanics and probably more bilingual people. Absolutely, 100%. So we're, we're out talking. Uh, we've made contact with a, with a couple of different individuals out there that say that, you know, they, they do training uh, within the communities on Saturdays, and we're going to get in there and we're going to start pitching. And what we want to do is we – because in the jail you can start working at 18. Right. You can't be enforcement until you're 21. And a lot of these guys – Tell us, well, look here, you know, we really want to be over there. Okay, got a plan for you. We want you to graduate from high school. Make it a step program. We want you to graduate from high school. And then we want you to take a little bit of time off, you know, fill your Wheaties or whatever. Right. And get a job. Get a job so that when you turn 19, you can come back to us and you can say, look here, I've been working for a year. Uh, This person will attest that I'm going to be on time, that I'm going to be in the correct uniform, that I'm going to be able to follow direction, and I'm not going to need a lot of supervision. Sounds reasonable. We're going to we're going to look at them, we're going to take them, we're going to hire them, and we're going to say, now, if you want to stay a jailer and you want to progress up through the jail, absolutely no problem. If your goal is to get on the street, then you perform well in the jail here for the next two years, and what we're going to do is we're going to develop an order of merit list, and we will publish this order of merit list where anybody and everybody can see it, and you will know that as this job comes open, I'm going to move up to here. This job, You will know exactly when, after you turn 21, that we're going to get you in. Where you're going. The, the correct the remainder of the training that you need and get you in that vehicle on the street helping us not only by being an uh, officer, but by being a bilingual officer so that when we have issues, we can immediately address them. <coughs> sounds like you got a plan, Paul. Trying. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I like the, the object of that. Plus, you get high school kids involved who right now are not being given most of, of the positive information about law enforcement. That is correct. So... Do the schools open their doors for you guys to come in and talk? <clears throat> I can't answer that question uh, because I'm not in the, the sheriff's office right now. I'm working uh, as a director of the Criminal Investigation Division for okay. the Arkansas Insurance Department, and okay. we're not going into schools. Um, but 
why wouldn't they? Now, uh, we spoke, uh, we were out at Pfeiffer Camp here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there's a lady there that works with the Pulaski County, uh, not Pulaski County, I'm sorry, Little Rock School District. And she's a Hispanic lady, and she said she would do everything that she could to get us the access into the schools. Uh, we, I think we can get into the Pulaski County uh, special school district. We have some, we have some ends over there uh, on the school board that uh, uh, are pro police and and uh, pro opening up opportunities uh, for young men and women. All right, let's get our final break in, then we'll come back, finish up with Paul, finish up with Joe. It's bumper to bumper day today, and of course they sponsor this show, and we're talking about cars mostly. But give you an opportunity if you got a question on your car, 501-823-0965. Same number. You can call in, talk to Paul Keller, ask him uh, a question about the jail or about the uh, Pulaski County Sheriff's Department. He would like to be in charge of that, and he's looking for your vote. We'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish it up for uh, this hour. Don't forget, I'll take a break and uh, let you hear about how to you know take care of your money during these uh, troubling times that we're going through right now. Then I'll be back at 9 o'clock. Robert Steinbach's going to join me, as well as Dr. Banks, and we're going to talk to her about Mental Health Awareness Month here in Arkansas. So we'll get, uh, get her on and talk to her a little bit here on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. Let's finish up our uh, conversation here with Paul uh, Keller, who's running for Pulaski County Sheriff. And Paul, I know you want people to go out and, and vote for you. You've given them a myriad of reasons today why uh, they should support you. Uh, are any of your, uh, you know, the people that are running for this as well coming out and, and going as specific as you are about what needs to be done? Are you talking about just on the uh, the sheriff's race, or are you talking about all yeah, the Yeah, I'm just races talking on the Pulaski County uh, Sheriff's race, of course. Uh, I, I currently have um, one primary opponent. Okay. And I don't know what his position on a lot of things are because our paths have only crossed a couple of times. Um, and so I wouldn't want to. Uh, I wouldn't want to attempt to speak for him. Uh, you might contact him and ask him to to come on, or he may be listening. And if he's listening, just call me, and I'll we'll have you on eight two three zero nine six five. Heidi will give you how to get a hold of me. This way we work. We let anybody on if they're a legitimate uh, candidate. If they want to come on and they want to talk. But it sounds like to to me as I listen to you that you have given a lot of consideration thought uh, about what you want to do from the day if you're elected Pulaski County Sheriff when you hit the floor running. That is correct. We we actually have a plan uh, in place uh, with people drawn in on the line and block chart and um, from, the, from the, the moment that the oath is finished there won't be coffee and cake. We'll be going straight to work. Well, you look. I know. I know police. You may have a donut. I didn't say we wouldn't have a donut. <laughs> <laughs> I said coffee and cake. <laughs> That's, That's good. 
He's got a good sense of humor, too. Some people wouldn't take that as humorously as, as uh, Paul just did just now. All right, so let's, let's just kind of run over what we talked about. We've got about two minutes here to do that. You want to get more people working in the jail. That, that's like the number one thing that you really want to do, right? More people in the organization, uh, enforcement, and in the detention time. Okay, both sides, okay. Uh, you want to get uh, the policy set so everybody knows what the policies are, and they're uh, basically set in stone, and uh, nobody's guessing about what's going to happen if they do such and such a thing. That's correct. Yeah, see, that's important. I mean... He's former military. As former military people, I can tell you that's something you got to know. Yeah, in the military now, you got to know you know what you can do when you get into battle because it changes from battle to battle. What the rules of engagement are, ROEs—that's what they call them. I don't exactly understand it, but it is what we live with today. Usually I thought that if, the other, if somebody's pointing a gun at you, you could shoot them, but that's not the way it works anymore. It doesn't work that way. Uh, it doesn't work that way out in the, in the real world anywhere anymore. So what else? What else is what you want to do? You want to get the, the youth involved because you want a high school kid to know that he can graduate, go get a year's worth of experience at a job, and then come in and maybe works in the jail for a couple of years, and then he can move over and work as a deputy. That's correct. See, that's important. Those are good things to have already planned. You know, Paul, you're ready to go. There's, you know, there's another well that I don't think has been tapped as good as it could, and that's veterans. Uh, You know, especially uh, guard and reservists that uh, may or may not have a job back here, but they've they've got a military police, military uh, occupational specialty. Um, we can bring them in. They're already in the culture, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be targeting vets on the one end, and then we're gonna be targeting uh, new college graduates or not college graduates, but high school graduates that are going into the military for the first time with a military police. Very cool. Specialty. He's ready. He's asking for your votes. Paul Blue Keller here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Paul, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for, I mean, for having me on. He's the only person running for sheriff that's contacted us and wanted to be on, and he's on. You've still got a couple of days to get on my show. All right. <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back at 9 o'clock. Stick around. Robert Steinbach's going to be here, as well as uh, Dr. Banks will be here talking about Mental Awareness Week. We want to talk about that, or month. We want to talk about that with her. Special event going on this weekend. But now we're getting ready to talk to you about your money. That's coming up after the news.
Let's move into the uh, 9 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. Heidi, I want to tell you, headphones are fixed now. Perfect. Perfect. Great job. Whoever did it, great job. Here's what's weird. They can work from anywhere in the United States on our equipment. It's kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah, we've been having problems with headphones sounding uh, really, really uh, a little bit tinny and stuff and they got them fixed and now i don't mind having my headphones on again that's good glad to have you here back with us here on uh, facebook good to have you of course that's robert steinbach he's in the studio i've asked him to come in for a couple of particular reasons first is i want to talk about this is an issue i'm going to talk about that most people i believe have kind of made their mind up about but i want you to listen to what how the left talks about it now and how it's changed. If you remember back in the 90s, abortion was to be, you know, basically safe, efficient, and uh, rare. Not any longer. It's safe, efficient, and accessible. That's the way they say it now. It's got to be always accessible. And it's not just in the first trimester. No, we're talking any time during the pregnancy. Well, we heard that, of course, in the debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And Donald Trump asked, when's the limit? And she would not answer. She said, not, uh, it's up to the doctor and It's up the to the mother. Right. Up to the doctor and the mother. Hey, what about the baby? No, does, it, does the baby have does a say? Not cons- Look, when the left and the people who are pro-abortion come out and say things like they call an unborn child a parasite i've heard that that's that's their word not mine i've heard that they call it a parasite because it's a symbiotic relationship between the mother and the child which by the way is not a parasite you know that's right you aptly described it and they use that terminology but that's not a parasite no but that's what they call it of course they they call they call and and I don't know about anybody else, but that scares me. Of course. And here's the reason it scares me. Because it isn't, it's not but a moment. It's eight inches to be exact. Eight inches for the child to be in the womb or out of the womb. Oh, I eight see. Right. inches, all right? Between being, as the left looks at it, being a non human and being, I guess, a human uh, because in, depends. Some, depends. in some states. We have made the move that Francis Schaeffer always said that we would make. Francis Schaeffer, one of the greatest Christian apologists that has ever walked this earth. You know, I hope that he and God are having a great time in heaven right now. The bottom line is he said that if you, they kept doing what they were doing about abortion on demand before it was all over, we'd be into fratricide, we'd be into genocide, and we'd be into, uh, what's the word for killing, fratricide. That's what we would be in. And that's where we're at now. That's where we're at. It took about 35 years, but we're there now. You don't believe me? Yes, uh, day before yesterday, a Senate committee uh, brought in 
some uh, pro-choice people. I'll call them what they want to be called, pro-choice people. And the, uh, the, the, the congressmen were asking them some questions. Listen to this give and take right here. So abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body. And then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical practitioners okay. and not is, if it is, Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay, that is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then, what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old, or nine months old, or one week old, or an hour old, than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. There, I I love that. Oh, please, the left, keep doing that. Full stop. I love where they don't Full you stop. They, they give you the punctuation out loud, you know. <laughs> Period. It makes Period. It makes me want to laugh, but anyway, and I do laugh. But the, anyway, did you hear what she said? It's, it's the mother's choice up till when the child moves out through the birth canal. That is her opinion right there, but it's not shared by a, a portion of the pro-choice people. Of course, it isn't. How could it? They be? want to be look. A baby after it's born. If the mom don't take care of it, it don't live. Of course not. And we can say the same thing about the the infirmed, the, old, yes. the very old. The, you know all of these things, right? So this is this is eugenics, right? They just want to start cutting people out of humanity. Well, that's the one thing Planned Parenthood doesn't want to talk about is Margaret Sanger. Mm-hmm. You know, she liked Hitler. Mm-hmm. So did Charles Lindbergh. Oh, he was a real... I mean, he was, he was a, a Nazi. Yeah, he right. was. He was a fascist. There's no right. doubt in my mind. It's scary oh, when I think about yeah, that. There's no question about it. You know, that that he was. I mean, I just... Uh, it just... this when I, I'm going to play it one more time because yeah. I want you to just listen how matter-of-fact right. the lady says, right. and then she answers the last question, and she says, full stop, because she she's telling the congressman, I'm not going to answer anything else that you right. ask me. Right. Okay, here it is again. One, one more time. This is what the uh, the uh, the lady had to say to the uh, the congressman. The con- what she said to the con- the congressman. Go. So abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body, and then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical p- practitioners. Okay. And not. Is, if it is, listen. Let me just ask you this question: If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a ten-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong. Correct? I believe that. Okay. That is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old or an hour old than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full well, stop. Because they give them... Full stop. Yeah. Not going to ask you any more questions. You know, she's got scripted lines from paid lobbyists that's what it is you know when you deal with people with paid lobbyists they're just puppets right they have nothing of their own to say and then when they're pressed because paid lobbyists don't think any depth about these things and then when the actual interlocutor is speaking and asked questions well they look at their paid lobbyist cheat sheet their bullet points and there's no answer she had to think as you were listening to her when 
he was talking about two-year-olds and whatever. She right. Did you paused. notice that pause? She paused. <laughs> did you catch that? Seriously, right. did you? Did you catch that? Was a that's what's called a a uh, pregnant, pause. pregnant pause. Okay. I, 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 no I, no I, pun intended, yeah, by the way. Okay, but that's what that's called. And I just had to play that. My my thanks to Ben Shapiro. He's my buddy. Yeah. He sent me that. And, uh, I mean, he knows how I – this just – it really bothers me. It, this hurts me in my heart. Right. I mean, it really, really does. Spiritually, this, this hurts me uh, to listen to people say that. Well, I think that they're smart enough to make a decision between them and their doctor. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Well, it's, the problem with that is they should consult with their doctor, and then someone needs to represent the interests of the baby. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. I guess. I guess there's going to be a whole. I don't know. What are they going to call it? needle needle law? Is that what they're going to have to have to call it? Uh, that, sure. Why not? Right. It's right. We 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 appoint advocates for children in divorce proceedings. Those kinds of things. Sometimes when it's felt that. But we got to get the left to us to uh, to agree that it is a child. No, we don't. We just need to have. That's what they, right. I would think. That's the only way that we. Right. But the way you do it argument. is you elect good conservatives who are like me, by the way, endorsed by the Arkansas Right to Life, meaning good conservatives who believe in life, uh, and you put them in the legislature and they pass the right laws. We're the most pro-life state in the country, and we should stay that way, and we should continue to represent the interests of the unborn. Well. When I stay right now, it's going to upset some people, but I don't care. How, how unusual. Okay, yeah, I guess. Uh, bottom line is, if you can go along with what that lady was just saying a moment ago, what was was happening yeah. there, yeah. and uh, then then here's the key. Here is the key. You need to check your humanity. That's right. This is a question You've of gotta humanity. You've got to check your humanity as far as that's concerned. Let's get a break in. we got to do that. Robert Steinbach is here. I just had to play that for you. Well, it's it's very important. That is chilling when it you listen chilling. to it. If you if you pay attention, if you really put some thought behind it, it's chilling. Thank God for my mom. All right, she she went ahead. Oh, somebody on the left probably says, "Well, maybe she should have considered abortion with you, Ellswick." Nine sixteen, mm-hmm. the Dave Ellswick show. All right, we continue on here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Nineteen minutes after nine, Robert Steinbach is here. Uh, I got another issue I want to talk to him about dealing with uh, uh, government now. Talking about uh, what's the word that they're using now, Robert? I, I can't the, keep up with about the... pregnancy. It's not pregnant. It's not woman pregnant women or something. They uh, was it. Oh, what is it? I'll find it. You well, you talked to me about you got endorsed today I did. by I just something got, important. I just got endorsed by the Democrat Gazette. Of course, we well know, by the way, just in case anybody has any doubts, Democrat Gazette is not democratic. It's not political. It means democracy. Uh, and the editorial page, of course, of the Democrat Gazette is conservative, and they have endorsed me in my primary race uh, against Johnny Crickets. And Look, Johnny Crickets is nowhere to be found. Johnny Crickets doesn't come out of his basement. It's funny. Somebody on one of these social medias said, because uh, I said about Johnny Crickets uh, that he 
uh, works for the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, which funnels uh, um, excuse me, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, which is a private group that acts as the mouthpiece for mega corporations. Why are we funding that as taxpayers? And the this person on whatever social media it was says, why don't you talk about something positive? Uh, and I said, did you look at my website? Have you listened to me on the Dave Ellswick show? Have you listened to Steinbuck on Sundays at noon on Sunday? The, all I do is put out policy positions. And your guy is sitting in a basement. He doesn't say anything at all. So um, it doesn't surprise me at all, Dave. Uh, but I'm nonetheless uh, really humbled and pleased that Democrat Gazette, that good conservative paper, has endorsed me in my primary race for District 73. And they said, you know what they said in the endorsement? The legislature legislature needs a Steinbuck or words to that effect. I'm not reading uh, for those of you not watching, uh, but it's it's something along the lines of the legislature needs a Steinbuck. And they recognized in the endorsement that I've been working with the legislature for for a long time. That's right. And they said he's one. He said it's really rare when somebody has effectively uh, helped write and pass bills and he's not in the legislature. But that's what I've done. Well, I've. You know, it's it's no secret that I have you on a lot. Indeed. You know, you, you've been a part of my show for years because you have got to have someone, and I wanted somebody who was conservative, who was a law professor that I could have on, and I just so happened to find out about you and had you on a couple of times and talked to you mm-hmm. and knew you were the guy to, to start filling in over 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have that because so much is determined within the judiciary now instead of in the legislative or the executive. Well, that's, uh, of course, 100% true, and, but it also highlights why we need to improve uh, what is produced by the legislature. That's why yes. I started working with them. Not because, listen, those legislators that I work with are only good conservative legislators, and they want to put out good bills, and they have great ideas, and some of the bills come out fine, and some don't. And they said to me, well, we're not lawyers, Rob. And I said, that's why I'm offering my help. You know? Well, here's the other yeah. thing. Here's what, what I think would go a long way. Now, I had Chris Carnahan on Monday. Sure. It's good to have Chris on. I like Chris, and Chris is a, is a good conservative guy. And I asked him, would it be against the law, so to speak? Because you've got separation of powers. Of you got all kinds of things between the judiciary, the executive, and the legislative. For the legislative to come to the judiciary and say, hey, this is the law that we're looking about writing and and, and saying, can you look at it and would it, would yeah. it pass constitutional muster? He said, no, they couldn't do that. Uh, That's what correct. he said. He's correct. Okay. Then my here's my secondary yeah. try. Well, that's why I do it. Yeah. That's why I do it. But this is my yeah. secondary Please. try. How? Why can't we have, like, we we got new people being elected a third That's every right. two time. years, right. all right, come in and you have a class and a Supreme Court justice comes in and talks about what you can, what you should and what you shouldn't do. Or, or you know, th- that Just might be borderline, but what he can do is talk about what the law is and what it isn't and how we interpret okay. laws. That's what and, I'm saying. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? give something that you give you some foundation to work off of well i think it's a wonderful idea indeed to be uh, to be fair uh, i think that that's something that i would like to do as a law professor to offer that to, i've worked as you know with about 20 legislators one-on-one and, and groups within those 20 but i'd be happy to present to the entire legislature and at the end of the day remember it's just a recommendation and you don't have to take it for credit 
Exactly. I'm just, I'm no just exam kidding. At the end. No I'm exam. Not, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. You can audit the class. That's right. Okay. Keep that in mind. All okay. right. Here's what I was trying to get to yes, uh, before we broke. In 2022, this year, when the budget came out, yeah. they didn't refer to pregnant women or mothers. They referred to birthing persons. Oh my gosh. I, I, it, birthing. This persons. is not right. This is 1984. They are literally making up the language. That's what the left does. I know. That's what the left did in 1984. I talked about that in the first hour of my show today. Dave, uh, Dave, uh, can you help me out? Because uh, given that the new Supreme Court justice can't define what a woman is, because, you know, she's not a biologist after all, and that's what it takes. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I need some help, right? Because I, I, I'm not sure I know. Well, they can't help us because she's now, now she's a Supreme Court judge. She can't tell you. She can't tell me. Maybe maybe someone will have to write a, a brief for the court. Yeah, maybe yeah. so, to try to figure it out. That's right. Well, the push to be more inclusive, I hate that word, when referring to mothers has also been embraced now by top corporations. For instance, Apple unveiled a pregnant man emoji last month. Now, let me explain what is going on. People have lost their frickin' moms. <laughs> you, have, you are crazy. There is there is not a man walking around today with or without his uh, package that can can get pregnant children. and give birth to a child. It's not possible. Right. It cannot happen. So why are we even considering this? Why are we even talking about this? This these are women. Remember that the- are saying, "Well, I'm really call me he call me he she." Well, we used to do that, and then you hated it. Remember the unholy alliance, Dave, between mega corporations and the woke left and the Chamber of Commerce funding the mega corporations and, wait for it, the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, on which my primary opponent serves, funneling taxpayer dollars to each of the following. So here's the data you cannot find right yeah, now okay yeah. the data you cannot find is how many transgender men now let's understand what that means that means that is a woman who identifies as a man she is still her plumbing still she's a, a woman, woman. Yeah, she's all right a woman. she is a woman all right that's the way it is and she is not a, a man it's just like i don't know which company it is I, I, if you're a lady, I would suggest you don't buy any more feminine products. Can you even call them feminine products anymore? You got, I no, don't they're, know they're, what the word is for them anymore. You know, I mean, it's not tampon. I know it wasn't them, but it was another big one. And they have been soliciting schools and colleges and businesses, and they want to put their product in a dispenser in the men's bathroom. Think about that, please. Spend some time. I know we're all saying this is crazy, but it's having an effect on our society right now. They're telling your kids that it's legitimate. Yeah. They're yeah. telling them it's legitimate. It's not. It's not even science fiction. It, it would, we would think it was comedy if it wasn't so serious. Yeah. If you read this in a novel, you'd reject the novel because you'd say to the author, look, I can write, uh, I can publish fantasy, but I can't publish something that people are going to laugh at and it's not supposed to be comedic. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. I right? just this- don't, I just, I, I, I don't even understand 
the culture I'm living in anymore. Look, that Dave, they're I've, taking this as serious. I've told you and your audience many times a story, and I'll keep, give you a short version. When I was a child and we saw a man wearing a dress, and I started to say something, and I was all of, say, eight years old, and my mother said, listen, you don't say anything. You be polite. But, and I said, you know, I essentially started to say that is, meaning it's a man wearing a dress. And she said, I know what it is. You don't need to tell me what it is. That's not the issue here. Just be polite and, you know, walk away when it's time. To, don't shun the person, but walk away when it's time to walk away. Uh, and that's the point here. Uh, we treat everybody with, with respect, but you're not going to tell me that, that a banana is a pineapple. Yeah, well, that's what they're telling us. I know. That I know. Is, that's exactly. That's, that's a good point. example. Right. There's, there, you know, they're looking at the sky and saying right. it's pink. Right. It's not. It's blue. Exactly. And it ain't a pineapple. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, this kind of goes along with what we're talking about. We're going to talk about mental health oh, yeah. when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Dr. Banks is with us. She'll have some important things to tell you about an event that's coming up this weekend that I'm looking forward to talking to her about because mental health uh, issues are important Very. issues to be discussed here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Here's your news. Stick around. We'll be back in just one moment. All right, let's continue on to Dave Ellswick show. Dr. Camila Banks is in the studio with myself and Robert Steinbach as well. Uh, this is, is it coming up to be Mental Health Month in June or are we in it? No, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, and I celebrated it in May. Unaware. Sorry, I got to the end. <laughs> I got in under the wire. Okay, so we've had, we're having you on today because you're going to have a special event this weekend that I want people to know about because I think this is a huge issue in our 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 culture Critical. right now. It is. It's a huge issue. If you're affected by mental health issues, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects the way you feel, think, and behave. And because of that, you will affect your family. You will affect your job. Mental health affects every aspect of your life. So it is huge. I mean, it's only been recently, well, not recently, but I mean, the last few days we've heard stories of these shootings that we've had. And there's no doubt as you've listened about who these individuals are, they've got serious, and I mean serious, mental problems. And you were talking during the break about empathy and humanity and things of that nature. Somehow that's not being commu uh, com communicated to people. It's not being communicated because we sit in silence. You know, there's this thing called the elephant in the room where we don't want to talk about those oh, things. Yeah. You know, even going through our educational system, when you start out very little going through the educational system, we're, we're really honing in on academics. No one ever teaches you how to be social. We just assume that you're going to pick that up. So empathy as well as socialization must be taught as well. And we're not doing that. So because we're not doing the work on the front end, a lot of these things are the results of not knowing and not being aware. Dr. Banks, um, I'm running for legislature, by the way, but I mentioned that simply to say, what are some of the things that the government, that the legislature can do to assist with mental health? Because these are all citizens, right, of the state of Arkansas. That's and right. And we need to help each other, and we need to look out for each other. Well, we definitely need some national initiatives that will encourage that by taking some of maybe the grant money and funding programs that can make people more aware. Like some of the things that we can do to be more aware is hosting the 
mental health awareness fairs that I'm hosting. Hopefully I'll do some screenings and that way you can hit a big population and have them. Then that will ascertain them identifying what treatments are needed. So we definitely need some money to pour into that to stop the retention and to increase the mental health uh, profession. Uh, We don't have enough. There's a shortage and definitely when COVID uh, hit, we had access of care issues where people were going without services. So we definitely need to pour in maybe some of the grant money and things that will increase the likelihood that we'll have more professionals to treat people. Well, speaking about grant money, you've got a special event coming up. Uh, I want you to talk about that because that's the reason I wanted to have you on. Uh, yeah, I want absolutely. people to come to it. Come to come to it. Uh-huh. So, well, let me just tell you. I'm going to turn it over to you. She's. You see that green she's wearing? That's because that's the color of Mental Health Awareness Month. I didn't know it, and I like that color. He All was right. unaware. I was unaware of it. <laughs> so I'm glad to have you on. So fire Thank away. You. So let's start here. National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, is our national organization that is to support mental health awareness. And every month they've designated since 1949, we've celebrated Mental Health Awareness Month in May yet no one knows it exists. So what I'm doing... That's bad since it's older than I am, and I'm old. Okay, Absolutely. And it's interesting because why does that happen? Well, it's because there are stigmas associated with mental illness, and we need to... So the national initiative is to support mental health so that we will dispel those stigmas, so that we will support mentally ill as well as their families, so that we will pour in resources to support, so that we will advocate for the mentally ill and their families. So mental health awareness is just this national initiative to say, let's give this some attention. Now, we should be doing that every day. Yeah. However, May is the month that's designated to do that. Yet, I've done this for years. I've spent 25 plus years in the field of mental health. Did you start at nine? I came out the gates running really yeah, early. Yeah, I started um, when I was at the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville at about age uh, 18, 19, okay. um, when, when it wasn't as um, the rules were not as strict about licensure. They allowed me to work at this uh, home called Youth Home, and it was for adjudicated youth, and those uh, youth were residential um, patients who had committed criminal offenses. Well, okay. needless Just to say, so you understand, adjudicated means you get to go there instead of going to the can. <laughs> well, that's important. I mean, They've committed yeah. criminal offenses. So to make a long story short, I started out at working as a therapist there. Cool. And I, I mean, I've been all over. I've been in the juvenile facilities. I've been in the hospitals. I've private practice. So definitely have a wealth of experience and a lot of funny stories. Yeah, well. Yeah, there's always funny stories, but what what is going to happen? When is this going to happen? What time does it start? Where is it going to be? This event will be hosted at the Arkansas Diagnostic Center, which is right there at the corner of Canis. You'll be able to look for the jump houses and bounce houses, food trucks. We're going to be having Canis a good time. Canis and John Barrow. Okay. But it's... It's behind the gas station, but they'll be able to see all of the visible fun that we're having. Or it's a high school over mm -hmm. there. Yeah, before you get to Baptist. Yeah. And so this event, like I said, is to celebrate this national initiative to come together. We'll be doing screenings for anxiety, depression, things of that nature. We'll have some yoga, someone out there to teach you strategies that you utilize to reduce and improve your mental health. We will have uh, food trucks. We're going to have comedians actually coming to help co-host with me. So we're going to have... 
dancers. We have a Tidwell Project, which is a, a dance group that's here locally in Little Rock. We have some praise dancers that's going to come and praise dance for us. So okay. we have, when I tell you, I've reached out to every resource, tried to partner with UAMS, Baptist. We're going to do screenings. So we're going to do those diabetic and high blood pressure screenings because this is the, the national initiative this year is together for mental health. So it's about pulling all those resources together because if you're affected with mental health issues, like I said, it affects every aspect of your life to include your physical yeah, you're probably yeah. not checking your blood sugar. Yeah, There's you're all not, sorts of, right? And, and it's that spiral. And it that's, is. That's because terrible. all thought processes are chemical processes. Right, right. That is, did you know, and I'm going to ask you this since you didn't know about mental health awareness right. much, did you know that down to your self-motivation is controlled by norepinephrine and dopamine? I knew. Yeah, so I people understand. don't want to get out of bed when they're depressed and people will say, well, you just get up. It's not that easy. No. They struggle with problems. What, what's the difference between you hear people say depression and then you hear other people say clinical depression, depression. as though there's a difference? Is there a difference? There, you know, this is which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, okay. Do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that God made a <laughs> made chicken. chicken. And that's what I say. So the deal is, is that in looking at clinical depression, if you stay in a constant state of anxiety or depression for so long, you can actually alter your brain chemistry. If you alter your brain chemistry chemically, then you experience the symptoms of anxiety and depression. The question is, jury still out. They try to debunk the chemical imbalance theory, but mm. mainly when they're talking about clinical depression, they're referring to that chemical imbalance that you experience. And it is real, guys. Oh, it yes. is real. Oh, yes. Low energy. It is real. So the clinical depression would be that's why it's important to make people aware of this, because a lot of people think we're not going to take medication. Now, blood flows through your brain just like it does every other organ, right? Yeah. Your For heart. some people. <laughs> I met some, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting. I met some folks. I, I think the blood stops at the neck. Yeah. Right? Well, the thing is, is that people need to know that because right. if you've ever had a surgical procedure and you've gone in and they've put um, psychotropic drugs in your IV or a yeah. medication to sleep or sedate you, you went to sleep. I don't care how hard right. you try. Yeah. If you can chemically induce sleep, you can chemically induce things that control your mood and your behavior. And people don't realize that. They think when it comes to mental health, they'll take their blood pressure medicine, but they'll say, oh, Dr. Banks, I'm not taking that medicine. Now, I tell you, my wife suffers from a yeah. chemical imbalance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She takes Celexa mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. She's going to kick my butt because I'm <laughs> saying this, but bottom line, she was having some real problems. She uh, got on Celexa, and they went away. That's yeah. right. It I worked. mean, they went it away. Works. It works. I've had a lot of people that have chemically induced uh, their mood to change and experience anxiety and depression. You know what else is causing that? COVID. COVID, the, whatever it has on the chemistry of the brain, it has been known to cause a psychosis where people actually become delusional and hallucinate from wow. having COVID. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's huge. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back and, and wrap this up by reminding you what time and where it's going to happen. Is there any money involved and all of that? We're going to do all of that when we return with Dr. Banks and, of course, Robert Steinbach as well. Dr. Banks is telling you how to mentally stay healthy. Robert, not so much. We'll take a break with more. It's, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us.
All right, we're about 12 minutes away from the top of the hour, so we got a little bit more time to talk with the doctor uh, about uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. It's coming to an end. It was all this month. If I'd known this, I would have had something every week about this. But since I don't, we'll make do with what time we've got. So let's go back to Dr. Banks. Again, when is this uh, special event going to happen? Where is it going to happen? Any money that people need to, b- to bring? What does these tests, uh, you know, how do you get one of those and the okay. whole nine yards? So the event will be held this Saturday from 11 to 3 o'clock, and it will be at Arkansas Diagnostic, which is 8908 Canis Road. And we're going to have, it's a free event open to the public. We're inviting everybody one leg two leg three leg chicken leg everybody (laughs) we want everybody to come out and support this event but on top of getting all the resources that you're going to need to address mental health issues and share the word there's going to be a lot of fun food fellowship we're going to have free um, giveaways. We're going to have the radio stations going to be broadcasting live. I think someone from um, The Fish the, is coming over. That's right. Coming Steve Marston to, might be happening over there. That's right. So we're going to be having some giveaways. We're going to have all types of information. We're going to have vendors. We've partnered with UAMS and Baptist Health. They're going to be doing screenings for high blood pressure to address your physical health. They're going to be doing screenings for diabetes. We're going to have all types of fun. What other questions did I miss? Now, it's free. You, free, free, yeah, free. free. If, if someone, do they have to want to do one of these tests? I mean, how does how does that work? That's only at my table. My okay. table is going to be a special table. It's going to be busy. And what I'm going to try to do is invite people over to take a screening because one of the things that NAMI says that will increase your mental health awareness is to take a free screening. So I'm going to have screenings for depression and anxiety that will lead to a prize. And I won't tell, reveal those prizes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Surprises are good. Surprises are good. Normally. It'll be something free is all I can tell you. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about screening, something that is going on in the medical community now. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if you're as old as dirt like I am, this is something new that started for people who are considered, uh, you know, ancient. No, not ancient, but considered old, mm-hmm. basically. They now, uh, when you come in for your uh, yearly physical, they ask you about 20 questions. Uh-huh. And they can ascertain if you show signs of depression that's right because depression is a very uh tough problem for Mm -hmm. the elderly it is a tough problem for the elderly you know nami was suggesting that one out of five had mental health issues over the lifetime that number is so underrepresented i'm almost inclined to say if you go through this entire lifetime and don't experience it it's approximately nine out of ten i would say It is huge. People just live it in silence, and they don't have to do that because if they have the strategies and the treatment, they can improve so much. Yeah, we don't – I think that we don't understand that there's degrees, okay? There's Mm -hmm. huge degrees in this. And the only people people look at and they go, ooh, they got a problem, are people who are, you know, seriously manic or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's the people that go, ooh, there's something wrong with them. That's right. But, you know – Sometimes you go through life and maybe you have a period that you just kind of feel blue. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's depression. It is. It is. And it affects every aspect but of your life. Maybe you can handle it because it's not you know, clinical or you've been mm-hmm. going through it for over and over and over and over again. But still, it's depression. That's right. 
and there are strategies that can help you feel better. We just have to get the awareness out and be more open to that. You know, if people talked about it, it would be like the common cold. So we we don't frown upon people that have the flu. We don't frown upon people that have high blood pressure. We tell them to take their medicine, take their treatment, and we support that. The same thing needs to happen for mental health. Okay, so let's talk about the culture we live in right now, mm-hmm. okay? We've gone through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. That changed a lot of stuff for a lot of people. It affected them mentally as well as it did physically, mm-hmm. spiritually as well. And uh, when you sit here and you think about that, there's a lot of people that are sitting out listening to the radio today that, again, you might feel blue. You know, that's possible. You might feel different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how has this affected? affected people has it affected their ability to communicate with their fellow human beings oh definitely i mean COVID within the first year there was an increase of a massive 25 percent in anxiety and depression because people lack the ability to communicate with their families a lot to get the support provided in the community they were isolated i think a lot of people died in the hospitals who had COVID because they didn't let their family in to see them you know you may very well be true and you know even in mental health when you look at the statistics mentally ill who contracted COVID had more chances of serious severe medical disorders and death so it definitely has affected our society in a way that we wouldn't know paranoia is on the rise it's got to be on the rise people believe anything anymore if they read it and if you do you know the old saying is uh it's not being paranoid if they're really out to get you, but I'm just... I'm, <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know what I'm saying is right. that there's a lot of people out there that read a lot of stuff on the internet, mm-hmm. and it, they get scared. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with the times that we're having, there has been a rise in paranoia. I look at some of my clients and, and just or anxiety, especially the fear of just going out or not knowing or not knowing what to do. I mean, it has increased substantially. And then think about the fear of losing a job. Everybody's mm-hmm. at this point not knowing if they would have gainful employment. So when I tell you every aspect of our lives has been affected, it has increased mental health issues substantially. Have you seen the the amount of people that are coming in and seeking help? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed steady? The problem is, is that because we don't have enough awareness, I don't think that people are getting the help that they need. I think people are starting to open up the conversations and be a little bit more open to it because we have a lot of the the stigma that goes along with it in your own mind not mm-hmm. just culture mm-hmm. but in your own mind i can do this myself that's right that's right the stigma but you have to understand is is that everything that is in your mind typically is filtered from your environment so there's a psychological theory to explain every behavioral phenomena down to what color makes you hungry you do you know you know that green makes me hungry no i'm just kidding (laughs) but then you maybe it's because you like vegetables or something but the primary color is red i've asked that to millions of people and most people get it right and then i say well how do you know that answer they say well dr banks i don't know well they go to burger king they go to wendy's they go to pizza Hut, they go to mcdonald's and all these places and the color scheme is red. They come to have that information line dormant in wow. their mind, and they don't know it's there. So when I ask them to access it, they can. And so it's interesting, and even if they don't know the right answer, I can usually explain it. So this brain is a lot more organized than we realize. Yeah, mine's royal blue. <laughs> I like royal blue. You know why I like royal blue? That's why what the like? Caesars wore. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. 
that's that's not why I like royal blue. But it's just I just think it's a, a great color. Yeah, I, it, it's the one that I I I like. But my wife is a red person. Uh huh. I mean, my car had to be red. She wants red, red. You know, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's she's candy apple red. In fact, that's what the red is. Wow. All right. I've got four minutes, so I'm going to give you a couple of minutes right now to tell me again where you're going to be located at, what time you're going to start, because okay. somebody just tuned on the radio. I know they did. So, who? Once again, we are having an event that's open to the public, free. Everything will be free. It's going to be hosted at Arkansas Diagnostic Center, which is 8908 Canis Road. And we are going to be there from 11 to 3 p.m. We're going to have radio broadcasting on live. We're going to have screenings for depression, anxiety. We're going to have a comedian that's going to come co-host with me. We're going to have Baptist Health and a lot of the other facilities. UAMS is going to be on site. Nurses Association, but they will be giving a high blood pressure and diabetes screening. So everything is free, free, free. Food trucks, come on out, guys. Everyone's invited. All right. We thank you for coming by on... Let me tell you what, this was short notice. I heard about this yesterday <laughs> after I take a nap every afternoon. I take a power nap. I woke up and Sloan, one of our salespeople here, said that uh, Dr. Banks uh, wanted to get the word out. And I said, absolutely. You know, I got 930 available. Have her come on in. And here she is. And thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. We just want the awareness to be broad. You kept, keep me in mind. Talk to Sloan. You need anything, you call us. We'll get you on the air. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Robert, always good to see you. I'll see you again tomorrow morning early. Early at 6 a.m. on. And then remember, Sunday, Steinbuck on Sundays at noon. Okay. 8 o'clock tomorrow, Greg Bledsoe will be with us. He wants to be lieutenant governor, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, 9 o'clock, I'm not sure who we're going to talk to. 9.35, Matt Smith. We'll talk movies. What's the big movie this weekend? I'll tell you, it's Downtown Abbey. We'll talk about that's opening. Is it worth your time to go see? I don't know, but I'll tell you next week, it's uh, going to be uh, Top Gun Maverick, and you'll definitely want to be. It got a 30-minute uh, standing ovation at Cannes yesterday. Wow. And it's a jingoistic American movie, and it got a 30-minute standing ovation. All right, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Heidi, thank you. Did a great job. She runs the Starship Enterprise here at 1011 FM. The answer, I'll see you at 6 a.m. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.